And that's the problem with you millennials. Hey guys, it's Bill with Modern Thirst. Thanks for joining us. We've got a special video for you tonight. Uh, we're going to do some tasting of Pursuit Spirits. That's a new label that's uh, brought to you by the folks at uh, Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. Tonight, we've got Timothy Van Riper, Modern Thirst's newest writer. Uh, so he's going to be tasting us, and we're real lucky to have Kenny Coleman from Bourbon Pursuit. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Kenny, why don't you tell us uh, how, you, how you came about uh, starting this label in the first place? You start out with the podcast. Um, obviously, I think anyone who gets really into bourbon at some point thinks... I need to make my own. Might as well. (laughs) You know, Bill, first, thanks for having me here. And yeah, it's exactly what you said. It just was something that it almost kind of fell into our lap. It all kind of started because we we host every three weeks for the podcast. We do this community roundtable and we have a few different bloggers on. We talk about recent news. We talk about some reviews and we talked about one spirit. And then all of a sudden I get this phone call a few weeks later and he's like, hey, you talked about this one bourbon on your podcast. And uh, we, we helped build that brand. Would you be interested in doing your own? And we were kind of like, well, uh, never really thought well, about it, but sure, let's, let's talk. Uh, come to find out, uh, he was a barrel broker, and he gave us an opportunity that's kind of unlike everything else. If, if we have podcasts out there about the, the dirty secrets behind barrel brokering, you know, if, if you want to buy and start your own brand... You've got to buy 50, 100 barrels, whatever it is, and you have no idea what they taste like. You have no idea what the fill level is. It's, you just go in blind, and you have to come with a checkbook. He gave us a unique opportunity where he actually allowed us to come down, and we taste over the span of two days when we go, somewhere between 36 and 50 barrels, and we get to hand select every barrel that we want to bottle. So everything we do is very unique. We try to find variety. We try to find these, these single barrel expressions that – really provide uh, a a difference, but also captivate really what a whiskey lover wants to get at. And that's why we bottle at cash strength, unchilled, filtered, non-filtered, just basically from the barrel to the bottle, because that's the way we tasted it. And we know that really that's what our audience loves to drink as well. That's awesome. My my favorite part about this, and I've only tasted this once, I, I cracked uh, uh, episode number five yesterday. My favorite part about it is how creative the packaging and the labeling is. Because obviously, as you start with the podcast, everything on the label is geared as if it was an episode of the podcast. And I, I really love that. It's really creative. It ties the two together so well. Um, whose idea was that? How did that come about? Yeah, you kind of nailed, the, nailed it right on the head. That's kind of what we were going for. We wanted to try to figure out how can we make this sort of loosely tied. They're, they're separate entities at the end of the day, but they, everything has baggage, I guess. And so everything has some sort of play on it. So you've got the play button, you've got show notes, and the show notes are really what describes that particular barrel or what we were feeling at that moment. Um, and so like number five, I think it's the one that says it's feeling, it's like a pioneer that's churning oak or churning butter in an oak barrel because we thought that one was a very buttery kind of finish. And so the show notes are a very a big way to kind of play on just the the tasting notes in themselves. We also take some notes from uh, other industry veterans that are out there and we try to bring that as a way to kind of flare up the label. So when you see the different colors, uh, it's a way to be able to discern when you see episode one, two, three, four, five, so on and so forth. Each one is going to have a different color next to each other. So when you see them on the shelf, you're going to have to, it's kind of stands out a little bit. And then you kind of know that there are these differences between them at the same exact time. 
where'd you find the bottles? It's a pretty unique shape. I don't, I, I'm sure you can't see it on the camera, but it's, uh, it, it's not quite round. Um, reminds me a little bit of Parker's Heritage. I, I can tell you the story of exactly how that works. So our, our package designer came over to my bar. I've got, you know, 150 bottles on the bar. And we sit there and we look for probably 30 minutes. We're just scanning and scanning and trying to figure out like, oh, what, what bottle will be good? What will look be good? And, and he points out, he goes, I really like that one. And of course, he points out a Parker's Heritage <laughs> bottle. And I immediately said, oh, crap, because this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be hard to find. Uh, you know, a few phone calls later, scouring the web, we, we end up finding uh, a, a warehouse that had bottles like these. They're not the exact same as Parker's, but uh, they do have sort of the same shape and characteristics. And we ended up choosing that and then also making the labels a little bit tapered. So they, they sort of fit it uh, much better. Uh, we also do some things around the neck by being able to have sort of a, uh, again, it all kind of plays. We've got the uh, the black cap and you've got the silver strip on it and the silver strip has audio bars and that really what plays off the, the series of this uh, in the pursuit. Nice. I think I think my favorite part about it is it's fun. I, I think too many people take their whiskey seriously. Like you can take it seriously. Don't take it damn seriously. It's, right. it's whiskey. It's meant to be enjoyed. So enjoy it. And that was another big thing is we knew when we wanted to do this, we didn't want to sit there and try to rectify an old brand or make <laughs> old Coleman or whatever it is. We didn't really want to do that. We were like, what, what can we do that's I'm go fun? I'm trademark that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but we knew we wanted to be fun. Uh, and that's what we're trying to, trying to really tailor to, as I'd mentioned, our audience, the new whiskey consumer, these people that are uh, you know, younger. And that's why we try to make the, the label a little bit airier and brighter. Uh, and it's not just, you know, another dark label on a bottle. Well, it's cool. I like it. Um, let's taste some of it. Let's That's do it. That's the best part, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we have a number of ones here. We have five, episode five that I have here. What, what, uh, what did you bring with us to taste? What should we start with? Should we go in order here? We can do whichever one you, you grab out of there and we can kind of talk about it. So we've got five, seven, eight, nine, and then we've got a future one in there. We've got a few others too. I've got some of your samples here too. So I've got six, seven, eight, nine, and bottle number five. You, you, uh, you tell us what you like. I'll tell you what. The... Between five and nine, those are, I think, some of the, the best two that we have ever chosen. So I think those are probably a, a really good place to start. Let's, start Let's go numerically five. then. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, one of the things I really like about your bottle is he was saying how it's fun. There's not a whole lot of like, it, you're like it's really appealing to the eye. Like you look at it and you're like, oh man, like I really just want to to drink this bottle like, <laughs> i'm glad whatever, you said that whatever's in here like i don't know like i was at i was over at a at a buddy's house recently and he donated barrel four to a charity auction i just recently did mm -hmm. and like we were going through his bunker he's like what do you want to do and i was like that bottle and it was i didn't even know like i knew about you know because i watched the podcast but i didn't know that you know i wasn't still new to your guys's brand and i was like holy cow like this is awesome so like it's really like I like that it's really like eye grabbing, really appealing to the eye. That's that's that was my takeaway just as far as the bottle goes. Well, I'm glad to hear that you actually are able to try episode four because episode four was a strictly friends and family release. Right. Uh, that one really didn't make it out to the general public too much. Um, that was one that was again we you know it's it's funny when we started this everybody's kind of like well wouldn't you want your first release to be friends and family? <laughs> We're like. No, because our friends and family aren't our consumers. Oh, like that's not our it. that's not our target audience. And so it became because essentially how this what we do is uh, we give first access for anybody that wants to purchase these 
uh, on through Patreon. And that's how our podcast is really funded and that's how we grow. And so we give our biggest supporters the opportunity to be able to go first. We're also a little bit unique in the fact that we are trying to break some new grounds here and not go through traditional distribution. Right. Everything we're trying to do is kind of moving the needle. We, you know, I'm a tech guy myself. And I know when you start looking at this, you try to figure out, well, there's a lot of silly laws that really prohibit, you know, being able to get your spirits across state lines. But we said, you know, we're going to go ahead and try to take this on head first. And so we've partnered up with sealbox.com and they are at this moment, our, our sole retailer to be able to get these bottles to your door. And we think we, we thought about it and we said, well, the modern consumer is trying to, you know, they're waiting in whiskey lines. They're sitting there scouring store shelves. And we're like, well, why can't we just get it delivered to your door? Like, wouldn't it be better just to pay $15 and not have to worry about it? And so that's kind of why we said, well, let's go ahead and see if we can try this new business model. And it's been very successful because, um, you know, it, it's the convenience factor at the end of the day. You know, we're sitting here talking. How often does that really happen? Do people even call their cell phone like most people would rather text oh, yeah. right so I, you try I, to figure out people. what's that convenience factor uh when we when we went through this and and really uh you know we're happy to to be able to do that uh, we will be in stores soon uh, at least around kentucky uh but again online first is it was really our our go-to to try and and really break some new grounds there i think it's it's really neat i you know i'm Anything I buy is the first place I go to buy it is Amazon. If I don't have to leave my house, if I don't have to see a, you know five hundred people in spandex pants then that are three sizes too small at Walmart, I'm a happy man. So I liked I bought this bottle online and I, I thought it was the easiest process. I, I thought it worked out really well. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's really just a matter to get the word out and uh, that seal box is around and that you're available on that. And I, I think it's a, a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, and it's, no one likes a three tier system. No, let's just be honest no, here. it's let's be honest. Well, I mean, except the distributors, they love it. Um, other than that, you know, yeah, but you know. the uh, but the other thing is, you know, we're we're happy to partner with Sealbox. What what Blake is trying to do with it and be able to bring craft spirits that don't necessarily have the ability to have national distribution by centrally locating inside of Washington D.C. It, it opens up that to more states around the nation. And when we started going down this path, we sort of reached out to him and said, what do you think? He said, I love the idea. Like, let's do it. And we, we figured that's a home run for us because now we don't have to sit there and figure out the states and the distributors and all this other kind of stuff. We, we could just kind of get started right away without having to go through a, a traditional launch process, if you will. So I cracked uh, episode number five last night and I, I sent a message to, uh, to Kenny and Ryan, who couldn't join us tonight, uh, from Bourbon Pursuit. Uh, on the nose on this, I get country biscuits, um, heavily buttered. I know it says butter on the front, but it's it's. It, I actually hadn't didn't realize there were tasting notes on the front of it until last Neither night as I. I was going yeah. to bed. But it, it it smells like freshly buttered country biscuits to me, and I love it on the nose. Um, when I taste it, what jumps out to me is is and it's you know with Tennessee whiskey, there's always a a, a level of of peanut brittle, but I get butterfinger candy bars. Um, the chocolate and and the inside, whatever you call the inside of that, mm-hmm. just leaps out of the glass on it. Um, I think it's really sweet. It's an ultra sweet bourbon, and it's really tasty. To be honest, I'm so glad this is at barrel proof, by the way, because that would not be there. It would it would have been drowned out, and you've gotten Absolutely. nothing but barrel tannins on the back of the palate. I like that you brought up country biscuits. There's this uh, this breakfast place back on the west coast that I like to go to called Original Pancake House. And right when I nosed this, that it was like a flashback. I was like. 
the breakfast and go to that breakfast pancake house breakfast like, in a bottle yeah it's it's just it's fantastic. I think I could smell this all day. I really like this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the way this one finishes because you really do feel it in like the back of your jaw as, as like it just kind of just melts and kind of just pours over. Um, like I said, this one was it's it's ranks up there, I think, of one of the best barrels that, that we've chosen. And, you know, you had kind of mentioned, you know, we had the opportunity to start this and through our barrel broker. Yes, he had a lot of high age stock, but it was all Tennessee whiskey or Tennessee bourbon. We were hesitant going into it. And because we're Kentucky boys, we, we were right. like, we immediately just yep. said, nah, we're done. Like, we don't even want to talk <laughs> about it. And then he said, you know, let me, let me bring you some barrel samples. You can try them. And, you know, from there, we'll, we'll just take it. He gave us some barrel samples. Ryan came over to my house. We sat on my back porch. We started pouring. We did like a side-by-side -side with some pretty just standard Kentucky bourbons. And we we're like, wow, this actually knocks some of them off their feet. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I think that when we went down this, we have, a, we had a stigma. Most like other people have a stigma when they think of Tennessee bourbon, you're like, well, no way. Like, I'm not going to do this. Um, but again, that's kind of where we started. Um, we've already started progressing. We've already acquired Kentucky stock. Um, our barrel broker is already working with even more Kentucky stock. And we are expanding this out even further now because the podcast, the one thing it brings is a lot of those great connections to the whiskey community. And we are now working with other distillers to private label there. We basically select a good single barrel and private label it mm. under ours. So one of the next ones that come out uh, in the May time frame is going to be from Finger Lakes Distilling, which most people might have heard of by now because Blake has been a big champion of theirs. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of great stuff. And so we've got a five-year wheat uh, coming out in May. And nice. then we also have a rye, an empire rye coming out from them in the future as oh, well. fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, you know, when I first started Modern Thirst, I was very much a snob. It was Kentucky all the way. And then uh, it, it had to be two or three years into it when uh, I started really getting into Indiana stuff. And I, so many people gave me shit for that. And, and I kept saying, man, it's good. Yeah. Just taste it. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny how it all kind of happens? Like everybody thinks like Kentucky has got to be it. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like chasing MGP. Yeah. And then I think people are going to start realizing nice. really, yeah. you know, relatively soon that you know, those older stocks are dying off relatively quickly from the big distillers, the MGPs that, that have been sourcing forever. And oddly enough, this is going to be the next wave. Yeah, it, it's, be the next I, I, you know, I, I spent some time in Nashville recently and uh, with a lot of bourbon people down there. And I can tell you that, that Tennessee is already picking up, especially in Tennessee. They know what they've got down there. Oh, yeah. They do. Um, and they like it. And you go to any of these folks who have bigger, far bigger bourbon collections than I'll ever have, and there is a ton of Diageo, Jack Daniels, you name it, D Dickel basically, and Jack oh, yeah. Daniels, it right. is, and they know what they've got, and there's some good stuff. So yeah, it'll catch on. It's just a matter of time. And Pennsylvania is coming along too. Um, Baltimore is starting to put out some really good rye, and out west, I mean, you get into dis Distillery 291, and some of those high west, and some of those places are fantastic. So yeah, it's 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 father time at the end of the day, while the the bourbon boom waits. And a lot of these distillers are still waiting for a lot of their spirits to mature and age. You've got a lot of good stuff that is, is ready today. And I think that's what you're going to end up seeing from a lot of distillers. I mean, we can, I know being in the industry, we all kind of know that there's a few of them already today that have started shifting because they can no longer get higher aged MGP stock. And so they're looking at Tennessee themselves. Um, so I didn't actually mention many of the stats on barrel on episode five, but it is uh, 14 years old and it's 56% uh, alcohol by volume, so 112 proof. 
Um, and so for five. Yeah, and That's you got one of the last bottles, bottles too. So yeah. everything one through five, at least of this recording, has been sold out. I think That's we've awesome. got uh, we've got about thirty or so bottles of six and seven. I think uh, seventy or eighty bottles left of um, uh, eight and nine at this point. And like I said, I think nine is probably the one that you're going to be the not the closest to with with five, but it's definitely going to be a very mm-hmm. strong contender with how how good it is. We're moving on to uh, episode six. That's 11 years old, and it's 52%, so it's a 104 proof. What do the show notes say on that one? I, you got to remind me a little bit. Uh, the your nose is so good, you may want to pour it into a diffuser. Your guests <laughs> will thank you. And I read that beforehand. It was funny. It's, in it's, case you really want to, you're welcome to use I, the alcohol diffuser. There you go. I, um, I don't it think it does perfumey. anything. That was like my first like thought. It's very mm-hmm. floral, nose isn't it? it? I was like... It has a floral note to it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got to know that when we when we do this and we figure out what we're doing for our labels, uh, we're very inefficient with how we do our labels. We, <laughs> we, we pay a lot of money and have a lot of waste at the end of the day because the way that you go and you print off labels, at the minimum, at least through our, our process and our manufacturer, is you have a 250 roll. Mm-hmm. We get, at best, 150 bottles out of a barrel. So we've got a hundred extra labels that are sitting around that just end up good for. They end up on sample bottles. They end up on sample bottles, and uh, you know, thankfully we can use them for that. But yeah, we we go through and we're very inefficient with it, but we do it on purpose because I think what we want to try to do is try to bring that uh, that uniqueness to it. When you do, you see it, and it it does. It stands out, and every single one is is something that's a little bit different. Well, I get a lot of potpourri and floral notes on this, and when I taste it. I uh, I honestly don't get a lot of that. What I get no, is, is a not, chocolate yeah. cocoa powder, like a dark chocolate powder. And uh, there's a uh, kind of a, on the back tail end of it, I do get a lot of uh, kind of a bright red cherries, red mm-hmm. fruit. Yeah, I mean, I, a grape. I think this one has uh, a lot of characteristics of just standard bourbon. You've got the vanilla, you got the caramel, you got mm-hmm. the toffee, uh, especially on the back end there. And that's what, when we do, when we go select these, a, we try to find really good bourbon. We're not going to find shitty bourbon and try to bottle it. Like, that's never what we want to be able to do. Or we don't want to batch it. Like, we don't want to try to hide something because we try to find really good killer single barrels. But when we do this, as I mentioned, we try to find that variety. Right. So you're not tasting the same thing after every episode. But instead, there's just something that's a little bit different. These subtle differences that really stand out. And hopefully, the, we always say the show notes will guide your way. <laughs> when people always ask, well, which one should I buy? And be like, the show notes will guide your those yeah. are, That'll guide your way. Well, that's, uh, that's fun. That's a that's huge difference from, number five, difference from episode five. And it really goes to show you, if you've ever done a private barrel pick, um, if you've ever just gone tasted barrels of bourbon, how different each barrel can be. They could be right next to, to each other in the rickhouse, produced the same day, barreled the same day. Uh, same mash bill, and they're completely different whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, I say, you know, you don't necessarily have to, to go hunting the Pappy Van Winkles of the world. Find somebody who knows what they're doing with private barrel picks that's or who can pick a single barrel and stick with them. They know what's going on. And you can get stuff like this out of it if you do a good job. That's one of the things I look for when I go for a private barrel or a single barrel. I want something that's label of a brand, but so off profile. Like, whoa, this doesn't taste like that brand at all mm-hmm. that's that's what really attracts me that's my biggest attraction to a single barrel i just i generally generally just want something where the flavors just pop i just i just want it to Absolutely. be concentrated there's you can always find if you're going to buffalo trace you can find the buffalo trace flavor in anything they have Absolutely. i just want it where everything is intensified or yeah. something else it, it's totally different one of the two 
Um, the last thing I want is a Buffalo Trace barrel that tastes like Buffalo, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. <laughs> yeah. I can get that. Well, used to be able to used get to, that. Used to be able to. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Right? Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that we really love about doing this. You know, I think we are. We're, we're living in a, a golden age of, of whiskey and a bourbon right now. And there's opportunity for everybody. And as people are out there and they're trying to hunt the Buffalo Traces, the Eagle Rares, and I, I don't know about you guys, we see it all the time in the forums. People are posting bottles of Eagle Rare and it's like, guys, it's Eagle Rare. Right. Like, it's okay. Like, right. you shouldn't Eagle be on the hunt for that. <laughs> like, like, right like, like, let's like expand, expand right. a little bit. It's, it's cool if you've never had it before and you want to get your first bottle, you want to try it, but... I can tell you right now, you don't need like twenty four bottles of Eagle Rare. I can <laughs> I can guarantee it. You don't need that. Um, you know. I I will say that if you can find a single barrel of Eagle Rare, it is worth buying a few bottles of it. Well, that's that's the fun thing for twenty nineteen that uh, Buffalo Trace uh, reinstated the single barrel mm-hmm. project for Eagle Rare. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm excited for that. I know that there hasn't been any that popped out yet on the market as far as. 2019 goes, but I'm really, really looking forward for that first one to pop up and you know be able to drink single barrel Eagle Rare again. I mm-hmm. think the last three picks I've been on have all been at Buffalo Trace, and they've all been for Buffalo Trace. We were actually there. The we same were there. Day yeah, once, we were there the same uh, day. Different picks, but same you day. You did Buffalo uh, Trace, and I think we did we did Eagle Rare. You, you did, did Eagle Buffalo Rare. Trace. Yeah, we did Buffalo Trace. Um, but uh, you know, Buffalo Trace was one of my go tos, or not Buffalo Trace Eagle Rare when it was a single barrel, and I totally. feel like the flavors are just muted now that it's not necessarily a single barrel. They claim it's sort of single mm-hmm. barrel, <laughs> uh, but you find a good barrel pick of it, and it's you know right back to back to the old days. I yeah, guess. right, absolutely. absolutely. So we're moving on to, to episode seven. This is another fourteen year old. It's a uh, hundred and ten proof, so fifty five percent alcohol. Yeah, we we try to stagger these out because we have access to a, a lot of this higher age 14-year stock. We've actually held a few back so we could have some 15, Fun. 16, 17-year okay. releases. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are thinking. We're thinking of the future. But we have access to the younger age, the higher age, uh, even down to um, low as two years old and some of this stuff. Uh, however, we we found that, of course, like, the nine is kind of a, a good sweet spot. Eleven is a good sweet spot, and these fourteens they just have such a rich complexity to them. That's uh, what we really love about them. Um, and when we release these, we we try to we do about two barrels a month. That that was our goal when we first started. I said, well, let's let's start off like two barrels a month, and we'll kind of just see how it snowballs from there. And we try to release uh, a fourteen year, and then whether it's a nine and a ten or eleven uh, at the same exact time. So again. Because we're conscious of the consumer, we're thinking of your shipping cost because mm-hmm. we know that it's a lot easier to buy two bottles and pay one shipping fee than right. it is to buy one. Right, right. Uh, and then it's a lot easier to pay an extra sense. $4 to get a second bottle. Makes sense. Yeah. So the, the tasting, the show notes on this, is it fall? Because I swear I just tasted pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> um, I will say that on the nose on this one, this one to me screams Tennessee bourbon. Mm-hmm. On the it nose, does. it does. You get that. There's, there's, a, there's a real brittle. kind of heavy peanut brittle and, yep. and barrel char totally. to, to most of what I, I taste out of Tennessee. And yep. on the nose, that's what I get. But when I taste it, I get a ton of cinnamon on this, yeah. mm-hmm. which I have never gotten on a Tennessee whiskey. Crazy baking spices for sure. Yep. It, hence the reason. Let mm-hmm. the show notes guide the way. <laughs> I, I tell <laughs> you what, it, right back to you it. know, it's, it's almost yeah. like you've done this before. <laughs> it, I, I'll tell you what. I think the the best part about doing this is uh, we get to call it R and D. So we'll we'll get our <laughs> we'll get our our you know we'll we'll go down and we'll select our barrels and we'll bring back some samples, bring some bottles, and we'll set aside an afternoon and we'll sit there and we'll taste through them and we'll just be like, what do you get? 
What do you got? And we'll sit there and we'll just like basically just like throwing darts at a board. Like, what what are we getting here on this one? And and Ryan was like, I get like this this like pumpkin spice. Mm. And uh, and it's funny when you start going down this path, you realize. Uh, how much stuff is trademarked? We actually couldn't put PSL on the label because <laughs> PSL is actually trademarked by by Starbucks. Of course it is. And, and so, because and I was going to put like, oh, it's like a PSL. And like, people think like, oh, yeah, it's like short-term pumpkin spice latte. And we're like, oh, well, PSL's trademarked, so we got we to gotta move on from there. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we're doing to try to try to play because we we relate a lot of the tasting notes to the food that we eat. Of course. And and if it's a trademark thing, you necessarily can't put it on a label. <laughs> so we've got to figure out some some wordsmithing to get around it too. I really like this one. Um on the nose I, I didn't think I would uh cuz it it just tasted it a little more like a, a Tennessee on, whiskey. On the nose it's it's um, real like it's, it's I like it more than 6. I always the, I always tease palate, my wife really because like she's a basic white girl. She loves she <laughs> loves her pumpkin spice lattes. Of course. And that's kind of, I was like, oh, you know, nose in it. I'm like, oh, it's pumpkin just a spice basic. latte. It's and just ro- a basic. And rosé all day. <laughs> exactly. It's just a basic, you know, Tennessee. Is it, you know, full on nose, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's it's way more complex diving we're, into it. We're moving on to number eight. We're going numerical because I do everything by the book. <laughs> um, and since we one, have them all here, might as well. Yeah, why not? Um, this one is a nine year, so we're going on the younger age. Now I've tasted some nine year barrels of, of from uh, from these lots, and I really liked them. So I'm looking forward to this. This is fifty one point nine percent, so one hundred three point eight. Show note said we tried to eliminate this barrel three times, but couldn't do it. It's too good. And wow. that's was that good? Why did you want to eliminate it? Well, that's, that's the problem. Is is you know we are we're we're funding this by ourselves. Oh, yeah. uh, we don't have any investors. It's it's Ryan and myself. We were bankrolling this. And so when we went down to our barrel broker, you know, we get the opportunity to go down there and we're tasting between 30 and 50 barrels in the span of two days. And we're sitting there, we're slapping stickers on on barrels and we're like, yeah, we want this one and this one and this one and this one. And towards the end of the second day, we go, we're like, that's too many barrels. We can't afford this. (laughs) And so you get a sticker. You get a sticker. Yeah, pretty much. And so we, we were like, okay, we need to dial it back a little bit, pump the brakes, as Ryan would say. And... And so we go back and we try all the barrels one more time. And we, again, we, we try to figure out like, does, is this one just basic? Does it provide the variety we want? And, and we'll remove that. Mm, and when, I, we, when we found this one, we're kind of like, you know, we, we've came to this three times and we just can't get rid of it. Um, we couldn't do it. And oddly enough, when we went down for our third trip, we had a, a whole new set of like 36 barrels that were rolled out. And we went back to it for a fourth time. We're like, Nope, still can't get rid of it. Um, so we, like I said, we tried our best to, and we just, we just couldn't do it. It was. I haven't tasted this one yet, but I, I definitely get orchard fruits on this. This is so much different than the first, first three we've tasted. Mm-hmm. Three, right? Yes, three. <laughs> Math is my strong suit. <laughs> it's okay. I wasn't gonna try to correct you. It's not uh, mine either. No, I, I get some uh, white grapes, maybe pear. On the nose, this is very interesting. This is very different than the other three, mm-hmm. and it might be the age on this. The fact that it's a little bit younger. It, I mean, I, I agree. There's you get a lot of the fruity notes out of this one. Um, again, Green it's apple. just another. It's another just solid all around bourbon. Uh, when we did choose this, that's why we couldn't figure out something to just. We we knew when we were going down this path of the show notes, 
we're like, we hope we don't run out of ideas because, <laughs> because we know that there's only like bourbon. Yeah. There's only so many things that you can really pull out of a lot of stuff. So we're hoping we don't run out. We haven't please ran out yet. List vanilla and caramel one more time. <laughs> yeah. please. Like if somebody says Werther's original, you're, you're going to go down. <laughs> you um, know, one of the things that I marzipan, yeah. marzipan, one of the things that I enjoy so much about, about bourbon in general, even whiskey is there's always some somewhere there's a memory tied to what you're what you're smelling or what you're tasting right and this reminds me of when i was like 12 11 or 12 years old and we'd always go to oakland this is another another west coast story we always go to oakland yeah west coasters we'd always go to oakland and pick apples it was an apple orchard and it's it's funny that you brought up well, it's not funny, but, you know, same tasting notes. But. I like to plant those ideas in everyone's no, totally. head before you actually like, say your own opinions. I'm like, man. That way everyone agrees at the with apple me and orchard, I look really smart. At the apple orchard, picking apples and dipping caramel apples. Like, it's just like that memory is just so, like, you know, I'm like, flashback. Yeah. To my childhood. That's, that's one of the, like, you know, like, at the core of what bourbon is, that's one of my favorite things. Because you can know something, but like, gosh, I'm 12 years old. Well, Timothy, I'm glad I could bring you back to your 12-year-old childhood today. <laughs> on the West Coast. Yeah, yes, on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is another one that's really, it really pops on the rear palate to me. Like, I, I get a lot of it back here. Uh, a lot of the tannins kind of pucker the mouth a little bit. Um, that's enjoyable. I like it. It's a, it's a little lighter in body uh, mm-hmm. than the last one. And I think that's because of the age uh, and how that really sticks out. Um, you know, and the, the thing that you had mentioned about the tannins, there was, there was one that we came out with was episode two. And it was only one that had, I think, 102 bottles in the barrel. And I mean, it was like, it was, uh, it was a, it was a whiskey and bourbon lovers just wet dream. Like that's the <laughs> only way that you could put it uh, in regards of like how dark and tannicky it was because we haven't found one like it yet. Wow. We actually have not been able mm. to replicate that one. So we knew that when we were coming out with the first few, we had to come strong out of the gate, and that was one that we we originally did. This one, I, I make no no bones about it. I'm a big Heaven Hill fanboy, and uh, one thing I really like about Heaven Hill is that it's always very tannic. Like a lot of anything that has any age on it over four years for them, I think is super tannic. Tastes like it could have been aged. If it, you know, if it's a six-year age state, it tastes like it could be ten years. That's what I get out of this, where it has that. It's only nine years old, but it has, which I say only nowadays. That's like <laughs> yeah. ancient. Nine years, yeah. It really, really prickles on the back of the palate, and it, it makes you know that there's a full nine years of that. There's no question about it. It's mm-hmm. not a young bourbon. Oh, absolutely. But I like this one a lot, actually. Well, thanks. Glad I know I can still pick a good barrel every once in a while. <laughs> so far, I've liked all of them. <laughs> like, like I said, when we did this, we knew we weren't going to just pick crappy barrels. Right. Like we weren't just going to pick barrels and, and put it out just because and when we were given the unique opportunity to actually go and select every single one, we knew that we had the opportunity to kind of bring that, uh, that unique experience to it as well. So this is nine. This is uh, 14 years again, 106.3 proof, 53.15%. This is the other one that you've, you've, you've spoken up, so... This one was kind of talked it up. This one was kind of dubbed for for us the Bourbon Bakery, Ooh. because when we went through this, it's just full of like chocolate croissants. Like okay. that's kind of what we got out of it. Pastries, anyone? Mm-hmm. The Bourbon Bakery. This Bourbon Bakery has fresh chocolate croissants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, croissants. It is not a French bourbon, <laughs> however, it definitely does have a a lot of characteristics that you would get from a. Like I said, from a chocolate croissant, and and or the only reason Ooh. they kind of remind me of that because because my wife uh, she loves going to Blue Dog Bakery here in Louisville, 
and she loves the the chocolate croissants from there. And so I remember it was oh, yeah. I think it might have been a day or two after we had them in the house, and we were sitting there. Ryan and I doing our R&D, and I was just like, I get like chocolate croissants off this. He's like, yeah, I kind of do as well. It's like pastries. I get those, uh, the Boston creams, the long don- the long kind of donuts mm. with the chocolate on top and the go. cream in the middle. That's what I smell here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Slightly wanna... slightly off topic, and this is kind of, kind of bringing it back to you, you guys picking barrels. I know you and Ryan recently, this isn't in, uh, with Bourbon Pursuit, but you guys went to Wild Turkey and mm-hmm. picked some barrels. Um, when you guys went, what is, you know, as far as like in the back of your mind, when you're picking a barrel, what are you like essentially looking for? You know, like you guys went to Wild Turkey. Are you looking for something that's like, that's Wild Turkey, but like, that's Wild Turkey, but it doesn't taste like Wild Turkey. What What's kind of like your process there as far as like selecting a barrel? Yeah. So the, the podcast, we have a, a single barrel program where our Patreon community has access to buy these barrels first, right? So not only get Pursuit Series, but you also get access through our retail partner, Keg and Bottle, that's based out in the West Coast area. They're the ones that uh, allow us to be able to get a lot of these single barrels from the distillers themselves. So uh, we had gotten that set up. We went to Wild Turkey. We brought some of our Patreon community members with us. I also should mention that uh, every once in a while, we actually do bring Patreon community supporters with us to uh, with us to actually go and choose pursuit series. So we're like, well, we might as well bring the customers that are, that are buying it. And right. so they're there with us trying 36 odd barrels. So talk about a unique experience for, for somebody that's never really like picked a whole lot of barrels in their life. But anyway, when we went to wild Turkey, it's funny cause you go there with Eddie and you're looking for something and, and you ask Eddie something. He's like, I don't know, man, it's just good bourbon. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Eddie's just a, he's a real down to earth, like really good character at, when, it, when you, when you think about it. But when we're doing it, we're not really necessarily looking for something that stands out a particular profile. Um, we're something in, in the way I always look at it is like, I'm just looking for check marks. Like, does it, does it taste good? Yes. Does it have a good finish? Yes. Does it have a good nose? Yes. Um, does it fall flat? Does it, does it really meet what a, a whiskey lover would want? Because at the end of the day, we've got 500 plus members in our Patreon community. So I know that we're picking barrels specifically for them. And we have to figure out, well, what is it that they're looking for? And yeah, it's, it's something that hits all those check boxes. We're not looking necessarily something for the, that's off profile because we don't, we don't want somebody that's going to have like, oh, we got this sour, funky turkey. <laughs> like, you know, because you, you don't want to taste it and be like, it's all right. I mean, I guess it's different, but nobody really wants that in our community. Like we want to just give them a really good solid barrel pick. And that's typically what we do when we, when we go through these. Cool. That was nine. Okay. Almost made it under 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were at 34 on this. So I think we're, we're, we're okay. Mm-hmm. We're 34 on this. So we only missed a few minutes. All right, let's start. So we're on episode number nine right now. Um, and this one is is the pastries. Um, I really, I agree with with the show notes again on this one. Uh, dead on. Um, it it tastes like chocolate. I get it tastes and smells like chocolate to me. I get chocolate covered donuts um, on the nose, and I get a lot of chocolate on the palate. I'm just honestly glad that you all agree with the show notes because that's that's our almost like our biggest fear is that we maybe we do we put a little bit of confirmation bias in somebody's head and we're like oh like we're telling you exactly what you should be getting out of this and we didn't really necessarily want to do that at first but as soon as we started going down here we realized like oh like how do we how do we describe something in the show notes without really talking about the bourbon in itself Mm -hmm. 
And so that's why we said, you know what, let's just go for it. Um, if somebody disagrees with us, that's fine. Uh, they can they can pull out their own tasting notes, but you know we're always we're always conscious of it. We're like, God, I hope I hope we chose the right thing. Yeah. But so far, we're, we're uh, I think we're batting a thousand. I always feel like, uh, and, and I've said it on many of our videos, I've said it in, in a lot of our posts that you're not always going to agree with what I say. Um, you may not agree with with my um, what I say, the flavors I pull out of it. You may not agree with how well I rate something. Um, but hopefully enough people identify with, with my opinions and, and, and my tastes that more people will continue to come back to Modern Thirst and, and watch what we do. And that's why we have additional writers like Timothy um, and Wes out in Colorado and Nick in Texas. Um, we want to have a lot of different opinions and viewpoints for people. And, you know, the, the advantage to that is they don't have to agree with what you say as long as they identify with it. Like, I may not like it. Right, but I, I I identify with what you're saying, totally. and I can use that as a buying decision. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's I'm the polar opposite of Bill, and every time Bill writes his tasting <laughs> notes and he says he hates something, I know I love it. Come back to Modern Thirst and read everything that I hate, and then go buy a bottle of it. <laughs> and the same thing with tasting notes is you can you can follow it, you can agree with it, you can not agree with it, whatever it is, it's it's there as a guide. If you don't want to use it as a guide, you don't have to. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely nailed the head on that one. I mean. Like I said, we're we're happy, and thank you once again for inviting me on here to be able today be able to talk about you know pursuit series, uh, you know kind of an, our umbrella pursuit spirits. We have no idea if the future holds in regards of brand extensions or line extensions. We just know that these episodes are fun to bring these single barrels, these expressions, because again, what we're trying to do is really cater to the enthusiast by choosing what we would love to drink, because right. we know that's probably what most real enthusiasts would like so you don't have to go there and search for the shelves for the next the next great bourbon or only have to stick with uh you know whatever 90 proof thing that you can only find at the at the liquor store right so we want to be able to try to give you something that is going to bring you that that variety yeah and, and I, I go back again to what we said early on everything is a barrel proof and it's unfiltered and that that's the way to do it if you know i understand people who don't like high proof bourbon but taste this and if yeah if batch nine is a little too strong for you, add some water. Add some water. You, can, you can add all the water you want, but if you get something that's 90 proof and it doesn't quite pop it up for, for you, it's kind of hard to take that water out, get it back up to 110 or 100 or whatever you like to drink it at. So I can guarantee you that we didn't try any of these with water. So that's, <laughs> that is, uh, your mileage may vary. <laughs> but I, I do say, you know, don't shy away from something because you don't like high proof bourbon. Just add water to it. That's all the distillers do when they put it in a bottle. If they bottle something at 90 proof, it didn't come out of the barrel at 90 proof. I promise you that. Mm -hmm. came out much higher than that and they added water so if there's something that everyone else loves and you feel like you would love if it wasn't 120 I mean, if it's a elijah craig barrel proof or pursuit series you know if you like the if you like the overall nose of it if you like some of the general flavors but it's too hot just add a little water yeah it'll open it up a little bit for you too and you know it's just more approachable for everyone but if you if you put something out at 80 proof Beetle Hayden, <laughs> um, and you put something out at 90 proof and you got people who really want a little more full flavor they're just you you've just kind of proofed yourself out of their their wallets absolutely uh, it's just not gonna happen so you nailed it i know um, for me like once again bringing back to a memory this i think it's interesting that it says pastries because it reminds me of once again memory of being in line on a saturday morning i live right down the street from nord's bakery being in line at nord's bakery waiting to get your dozen donuts this is just it's awesome and i also enjoy the fact that you know, you have your tasting notes here, show notes on the bottle. Because one of the things, like, whether you're you know, a deep dive into the bourbon industry, you know, drinking bourbon, or, you know, you're new into it, 
when you're at a in a liquor store, you're on your phone, like you're looking what, through what, apps what, or you're, yeah. what, well, what does this taste like? What does Bourboner say about Guess this what? one? Yeah, I mean, Just modern thirst. <laughs> pick up the bottle and read it. Yeah, and you're gonna like the the notes have been spot on. Yeah. From the beginning to where we are now, like it's, it's almost like they know what they're doing, right? <laughs> well, it's you know you say that, but you know we we don't really like think of wait we know that we're never going to be distilling. We don't we're not going to be master distillers. We're not be master blenders. Like that's not in our goal. <laughs> we we think we can choose some some really killer single barrels. Like that's that's really kind of what we hang our hat on. And if we can just continue down that path, I think we're going to be successful as long as. People give it a try, and and they and they kind of experience it for themselves, and that's really what we hope to to get out of you know a lot of consumers out there as well. Well, I'm a fan. Um, this is again last night I tasted episode five, and this is the first time I've had anything past that. Um, I'm a fan. I really like it. Um, and if you keep picking barrels like this, I don't think you're gonna have any. This problems. is my favorite one so far. This is the only one. I mean, I loved all of them, but this was the first one where I was like, I'm gonna pour myself a little more yeah. because this one is just like. This one makes me really happy. Everything so far I've tasted reminds me of something like either present or past. But this one, I'm just like, I'm, I'm still wanna... stuck on the Butterfingers from episode <laughs> five. So, uh, That's I, fine. I'm, you can be stuck on that. But I've this reached one... back for seven because I want to try it again because okay. it might be my second favorite. Okay. There you go. You got that pumpkin spice latte, I think, right there. I'm, I'm a white girl, apparently. It's because you are basic. <laughs> you very basic. AF. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I'm glad that you were able to recognize and, and see that at least we can keep the keep the notes at least going. Like, I, and I, I have to give a lot of credit to Ryan for that. Ryan is is very creative in his descriptions and his thought process when it comes to actually figuring out these show notes. He's 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 excelled way beyond about what I can do of trying to figure out the taste and, and stuff that he's pulling. He can. He can taste trail mix now. He can taste all kinds of stuff. Like, and I'm just like, I don't know how he does it, but he he does it. So we hats invited off to him. Ryan tonight, but he chose to be with his family instead of with us. So, uh, yeah, we know how that goes. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun, um, and I really love what's what's going on with Pursuit Spirit. So uh, keep us posted on what's going on in the future, and and uh, hope to have you on again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for having me, Bill and Tim, and and anybody that's looking to to purchase a bottle. Uh, you can get more information about each one of these at PursuitSpirits.com, and then again, if you wanted to have them. And there's, there's links at there for each single one of them that you basically get linked directly to sealbox.com. And Sealbox is our retail online retail partner, and they will deliver directly to your door as long as your state allows the shipments. So thank you again, fellas. What was it you said that you still had um, available as far as like if I went to the site right now and I could be like, oh, I want that one. So as of today, we've got six, seven, eight, and nine. Don't uh, sleep on the nine. Yeah. yeah, go right now. Get that nine. <laughs> nine and seven right now. Nine what's is... out there? Get that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so you can obviously, if you're not watching, uh, if you're not listening to Bourbon Pursuit, you need to check that out. It's on you know any any place you find a podcast, you'll find it. Um, it's great stuff. Um, you can follow. Also, if you want to support them on Patreon, you might get a little little more insight into uh, or a little more availability in terms of some of their private uh, barrels here. Um, and as always, if you like what we're doing, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like and follow us and uh, check us out at modernthirst.com. Um, we love what we're doing and you can support us on Patreon as well. We, we just started a Patreon program recently. So it's patreon.com slash modernthirst. Thanks a lot. Thanks for watching. Have a great day. Cheers, Cheers everybody.